Good morning. A very warm welcome to Holy Trinity Anglican Church on this glorious Advent Sunday. Today we celebrate the service of lessons and carols. It's a sequence of readings, meditations, songs, carols as we walk our way through the story of Scripture that culminates in the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you're visiting with us this morning, it's great to have you here. Everything you need to know is printed right here in the bulletin, so you'll be able to follow along and know when to sit and stand and kneel at different times during the service. Uh, we do have childcare for kids up through five years old in the children's wing, so if you need that at any time, feel free to make use of it. Kids uh, five and above will stay in for the service, and it's great to have you all with us this morning. Uh, there may be a rush of people in the next 10 minutes. This happens on Sundays. Uh, and if you notice that folks are struggling to find a seat, if you could just squeeze in and make room. Or you could just give them a look and point to the front of the church, because if you come in 10 minutes late, that's where you deserve to sit, right? <laughs> We're going to take just a moment to be quiet, and then I will lead us in the bidding and the Lord's Prayer. Let's be quiet before the Lord. Beloved in Christ, in this season of Christmas time, let it be our care and delight to hear again the message of the angels who proclaim the glorious good news of the gospel and in heart and mind to go to Bethlehem and see what God has brought to pass, a child lying in a manger. Let us read and mark in Holy Scripture the good news of the loving purposes of God from the first days of our disobedience to the glorious redemption brought to us who have received this holy child. And let us make this place resound with our songs of praise to him. But first, as we gather, let us pray for the needs of his whole world, for peace and goodwill over all the earth, for the mission of the church, that we may proclaim and live out his gospel with boldness and humility, and especially for those in this country and within our city. And because of this, and because this of all things would rejoice his heart, let us at this time remember in his name the poor and the helpless, the hungry and the oppressed, the sick and those who mourn, the lonely and the unloved, the aged and the little children, and all those who do not know the Lord Jesus, or who do not love him, or who by sin have grieved his heart of love. Lastly, let us give thanks to God for all those who rejoice in the hope of Christ with us, but upon another shore and in a greater light, that multitude which no one can number, whose hope was in the word made flesh, and with whom, in our Lord Jesus, we forevermore will be one body. These prayers and praises let us humbly offer up to the throne of heaven in the words which Christ himself has taught us as we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
A reading from the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verses 8 through 19. God tells sinful Adam that he has lost the life of paradise, and his seed will bruise the serpent's head. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he, and he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The word of the Lord. Our story begins with a moment of glory, but it is only a moment. In the cool of early evening, God went walking in the garden. It is a tantalizing picture of a time we have never known, a time of perfect communion with the God who made us, a time of freedom, beauty, and dignity in God's good creation. God went walking in the garden seeking his people, but they were nowhere to be found, for they were hiding, naked, ashamed, and afraid. The one thing they had been warned of, the one fruit they had been told not to eat, had proved too great a temptation. They had eaten, and in that moment of choosing their will over God's, they chose to take rather than to receive. They chose instant gratification over eternal joy. They chose exile over communion. And they chose for all of us. From the moment he set foot in the garden that day, 
God sensed their shame. He felt their fear. He was pained by their rebellion, and he hung his head in sadness. For the necessary consequence of their action was exile and death, the labor of field and child. Out of dust he had made them, filling them with the breath of his very own mouth. Now to dust they would return. Their exile is ours, and their sin we make our own. We too choose our will over God's. We prefer instant gratification to eternal joy. And in so doing, we embrace shame and sadness. This is the way of the world when we hide from our Creator. What begins in glory descended swiftly into tragedy. And we are left to wonder, what can God possibly do for us?
A reading from Genesis chapter 22, verses 15 through 18. God promises to faithful Abraham that in his seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. The word of the Lord. A reading from Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 2, 6 through 7. To us a child is born. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The word of the Lord. 
When God next spoke to Adam's heirs, it was not a word of condemnation or anger. It was a word of promise and hope. Abraham was a child of Ur, a city that swarmed with idols. He was a man living in the land of exile, walking the way of sin. And yet God came to him. He came and called Abraham, and Abraham answered. Unlike Adam, he did not hide in shame. He listened and obeyed. God made Abraham a promise. I will bless you and you will be a blessing. You will father a great nation, a nation to rival the countless stars of the nighttime sky. And through that nation, all nations will find their hope in me. Abraham believed and obeyed. He fathered Isaac. Isaac fathered Jacob. And Jacob fathered 12 men who became 12 tribes, a people of prophets and kings, commissioned to carry God's blessing to the world, shrouded in darkness. And yet, these people, God's people, did not walk in Abraham's faith. They faltered. They fell. Moments of faithful obedience were followed by centuries of arrogance and idolatry. The people did not keep their promises, but God was keeping his. So the prophet spoke, and in the heart of darkness there flickered a distant light. A child would be born. A son of David would sit on his throne. He would bear the weight of the world on his shoulders. He would establish peace and ensure justice, and his reign would last forever. Could it be that once again God would walk the garden path and call his people home?
A reading from Isaiah, chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. The branch from Jesse. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fatted calf together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The word of the Lord.
reading from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38, the birth of Jesus foretold. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The word of the Lord. The words of the prophets were glimmers of hope in the gathering darkness. Like streaks of lightning across the nighttime sky, they illuminated the landscape for a glo glorious moment before the darkness returned. Then there was silence, 400 years without a prophet, for centuries without a godly king, generations who wondered if God would ever walk with his people again. And then at last, out of the silence, he spoke. The angel of the Lord came down from on high to greet a woman, barely more than a child. Greetings, he said. The Lord is with you, favored one. After so many years of silence, it all came down to this. Could this young woman be the central character in God's next act of salvation? Could she carry the weight of the world's deep longing in her womb? Could she possibly be the bearer of God's promises? Like Abraham on the heights of Mount Moriah, so Mary in the stillness of her room received the promise of God. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. In faith she received. By faith she obeyed. And according to his faithfulness, God provided. Overpowered by the Spirit of God, she received the living word in her womb. The son of David was coming to claim his throne. The heir of Abraham was coming to bring his blessing. The child for whom a whole nation had longed and prayed was coming, not to conquer, but to suffer, to die, 
and to save. from Luke chapter 2 verses 1 through 7, the birth of Jesus. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinus was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. <clears throat> and Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, 
and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. The word of the Lord. reading from Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 through 16, the shepherds and the angels. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you great news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, 
praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. The word of the Lord.
going to take up our offering in just a moment as we continue in this service of worship. But before we do, I have just a few announcements for you. Uh, you've got in your bulletin uh, a folded brochure called This Winter at Holy Trinity. I hope you'll take this home with you. It gives you just a snapshot of a lot of the programming coming up after the new year here at Holy Trinity. I hope you'll take it home, take a look, and see what's coming uh, down the road for us. Over the next few weeks, over the next week, we'll have a lot going on. As you can imagine, on Christmas Eve, we'll have three services, 3, 5, and 7 p.m. The 3 o'clock service is our Christmas pageant. This is a wonderful, lively service uh, where our children will parade in. There'll be a kid-friendly sermon. We'll sing a lot of Christmas carols and have a great time. This is a great service for families, especially if you have kids that just need space to run around during church. This is the perfect time to come. Uh, or if you just want to watch kids run around in church and celebrate the joy of Christmas, it's a great time to come. There won't be communion at that service. We'll have communion at both 5 o'clock and 7 o'clock on Christmas Eve. Those will be communion and candlelight services. Uh, and I hope you'll come join us. We will have, uh, we will have the five o'clock service will be live streamed and we'll have childcare available at five o'clock for kids up to five years old, but we won't have childcare at 7 p.m. on Christmas Eve. And on Christmas Day, Sunday morning, the 25th, we'll have one uh, service at 10 a.m., Holy Communion. Uh, that won't be live streamed and there won't be childcare, but kids will be welcome in the service. And then on New Year's Day, also Sunday this year, we will again have just one service at 10 a.m. It's a service of morning prayer, and that service will be live streamed and there'll be childcare available for kids up through five. Speaking of all this childcare, we did have a birth over the weekend. Well, you all know we've been praying for 11 different families over the last few months for babies to come, and one came. Mary Caleb Broughton was born to Hunter and to Josh on Friday, and mom and baby and even dad are all doing well. <laughs> one thing I just want to draw your attention to, in January, we will be starting a course called Christianity Explored. You may be new to the Christian faith. You may be uh, wondering about what we believe. You might want a space where you can ask questions, be heard, learn the basics, and consider for yourself whether you believe the story that we're telling this morning. Well, Christianity Explored is the perfect course to come to where you can do those things. We'll be kicking it off at 7 o'clock on January 11th. It runs for six weeks. It's a great time of really simple teaching with lots of discussion time to share uh, fellowship over dessert and enjoy time just exploring this faith that we have in Christ. As we prepare to take up our offering, hear these words. Let us with gladness present the offerings of our life and labor to the Lord.
reading from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, the visit of the Magi. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. When Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word, that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they, re when they, saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. The word of the Lord. Thanks. Augustus was the greatest of the Caesars. During his reign, all the power of the world seemed to ripple out of Rome. At a single word from his lips, the peoples of the empire could be thrown into chaos. So it was when a census was called that Joseph, Mary, and the baby she carried were swept into a stream of displaced people heading to their ancestral homes to be counted. Caesar's command sent them out, but God's promise brought them home. And in a makeshift nursery, the child was finally born. Here was Abraham's distant star. Here was Jesse's branch. Here was David's son, the promised one of God. The might of Caesar, so far-reaching, so extraordinary, came to nothing at the sound of his first cry. In the darkness of Bethlehem's fields, the sky erupted with cries of glory from an army of angels sent to the shepherds, the poor and meek, to tell them that the king had been born, that their savior had come. And in the vast expanse of space, a single star stood sentinel that night. Those who watched such things and knew their meaning set out with gifts to find the king of whom the star had spoken. In that child, born in weakness, came all the fullness of God. He was back among his people, soon to walk as one of them. The king has come. The promises have been kept. 
the curse is lifted, the world is blessed. How will we respond? The invitation is clear. Receive this King as Savior and trust in Him as Lord. Seek His will and let it shape your own. Turn away from the deceptions of this world and let Him bring you into everlasting joy.
reading from John chapters 1 verses 1 through 14. The Word becomes flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, all who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The word of the Lord.
please sit or kneel as you are able. We've heard an incredible story this morning, the story of the salvation of the world through a man, Jesus Christ. It's his birth we celebrate this week. What we're left to do is to ponder the glory of that salvation and to receive it as a gift. I want to encourage you to take a moment here in the quiet before a very busy week to open your hands and to receive the gift. And I will pray for us in just a moment. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Oh God, you make us glad by the yearly festival of the birth of your only Son, Jesus Christ. Grant that we, who joyfully receive him as our Redeemer, may with sure confidence behold him when he comes to be our judge, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.
I do hope you'll stay for a cup of coffee to greet those around you, to encourage one another with the good news of Christ. Alleluia, alleluia. Let us go forth rejoicing in the coming of Christ. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia.